This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jody Mac going to stick around with you for another three hours. Make the most of it. Uh, we're going to make the most of our next guest's insights when it comes to the uh, game of Major League Baseball. Um, I got a chance to meet him when I did a spot or two up at the MLB Network. And my daughter worked at the MLB Network for a couple of years, says, not a nicer guy than Steven Nelson. I said, well, that's good to know because he's very good when he's on the air. So I'm a Steven Nelson fan now, too. And he's good enough to say yes when I ask him to come on the show. And he's doing so with us again tonight. Steve, Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? For the Mac family, anything and everything. <laughs> anything, Jody. Great to be back on with you. Uh, how are you? Can I still say Happy New Year, even though it's April? We haven't talked since last year. You can say Happy New Year. You can say Happy Easter, too, while you're at it, or uh, Happy Passover. Passover, we're, we're, yeah. We'll throw in uh, all holidays. Hope you had a hell of a St. Patrick's Day while you were at it, too. We missed that one. Um, but what I, have, what I haven't had the chance to catch yet, and shame on me because that's the, the fact, I have not seen the new intentional talk. You know, I'm a big fan of the network, watch it all the time, and enjoyed yeah. Rose and Millar when they did it. They made a change this year, and they asked you to co-host with Kevin Millar. I'm sure you had filled in for him before because you guys all hop around and do each other's jobs plenty during that. When you had done it with Millar previously, was there good chemistry? Did you think, hey, when this position came open, they, they might just ask me to do this. How did it end up as you, the no, new host of intentional talk? Jody, the more you talk about it, the more likely it is that somebody at the network's going to find out that they've made a grave error. Um, no, it, it, to answer your question, uh, I had filled in a bunch. You know, my first season was, gosh, 2018. Seems like a decade and a half ago, but also yesterday. Um, and really from the jump, I think Kevin and I hit it off. Now, look, I, I've said this time and again, and, and I'll say it again with you now. There simply is no replicating what Kev and Rosie had for more than a decade. They were on the air doing the show for a decade, but they had a friendship that predated the show. And they have a brotherhood now that will last forever. And that kind of, you know, was what drew everybody into IT, you know, whether it be the players in the clubhouse, knowing that that was their place, their platform to just be themselves for the fans watching at home who love the game. So I don't come into this job now thinking that I'm just going to kind of hop in and try to duplicate that because I can't. So I just have to be myself and, you know, kind of um, not straight from that. 
and try to just add to, you know, their legacy and the, the legacy of that uh, that was built by the crew behind the scenes and just keep going. But, um, yeah, it was kind of smooth from the get-go. Now, Kevin didn't know who the hell I was when we first got on the phone together. He <laughs> thought I was a, a reliever for the Cincinnati Reds, and that's that's not a that's not a lie. <laughs> he goes, hey, the producer says, Kev, you're, you're hosting with Steven Nelson today. And he goes, who? Is he okay? So is he a righty? Is he a lefty? And he's like, no, no, he, no, Kev, not an interview. He's your co-host today, and so that was our icebreaker. And I think we kind of see the game, the business, the same way, uh, and that's with irreverence and self-deprecation and just trying to have fun. So that's me rambling. I'm going to shut up now, Jody, because it's your show. That no, that was a good way to to lay it out and describe it. And Millar is a different type of bird. You work with a bunch of very talented, very good former major league players who have become yeah. analysts and announcers and studio hosts and the like, who are all very good. Millar's a little different than all of them. Uh, he's a little out there. He's entertaining, but he's also a little goofy. Um, how much time is it going to take for you? to be able to know what he's going to say next because that's that's a key to that show. He and Rose were, as you said, tied to the hip for uh, close to a decade. Right. Uh, you need to, while doing it differently, also be able to keep Millar good at what he does. How long do you think a process that's going to take? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that there – I haven't put, like, a, a timeline on it or a window that I kind of want to be done with the – onboarding process so to speak i think it's just going to happen naturally you know one of the the bigger issue you know more than any of uh, you know personality or, or individual quirks that he or i may have is the fact that we're you know you do that show remotely because kev's at home in austin texas and i'm obviously at the only network studios in new jersey and when you're on a set together you know, you mentioned our other analysts. When we're doing MLB tonight, and we're kind of we're we're, you know, six feet from each other, right? And we can make eye contact, gesture. There's ways to get in and out of conversations smoothly. People can, you know, you can flag one another down when you got something to say. Kevin and I don't have that luxury because um, we're staring at cameras instead of looking at each other, and so that is part of the challenge of this show. That is honestly going to add to the challenge of us getting on the same page because, you know, I have a different cadence and delivery and um, pacing compared to what he's been used to. So that's going to take some time. And, you know, and I think anybody who's watched the the first few shows, you know, that we've done, um, you could tell, you know, we kind of step on each other's shows here or, or each other's toes here during the show. And, um, that's natural. It's kind of just dan- like dancing with a new partner. But eventually, you we'll get in sync, and you know we'll get the ball rolling smoothly. Last thing on IT, and then we'll get into the four-day-old MLB schedule. Stephen Nelson, new host of Intentional Talk, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Um, you touched on something, and I've been in Major League Baseball clubhouses at that time of day, and all clubhouses have two, three, four, five, six TVs. And the great majority of them were on the MLB network uh, at that time. So, yes, background music has been intentional talk in MLB clubhouses, at least here on the East Coast, for a long period of time. That's very cool, 
but it's also a little bit of pressure because you're on there talking about the guys who are getting yeah. ready to do their work for that day at that stadium for that team, and you're up there either singing their praises and or questioning why they're doing what they're doing. Do you, do you feel that pressure? I actually don't. Um, just the way – because I think I, I've always – whether – doing it any other show at the network even before i came to mlb network i always approach the job with extreme levels of humility right like i i never got close to this level of play so i i can't speak authoritatively about what it's like between the lines that's one two if if a team is scuffling or a player is riding the struggle bus nobody knows that the team is struggling or they're riding the struggle bus more than that player. So there is no need to kind of belabor the point. You also can't you know, hide from that just um, to per, you know, protect yourself or you know, your ego while you're on television talking about them. I think as long as you have honest conversations and fair conversations, you're okay. Um, you don't make it personal. The other thing is uh, – I really think that the biggest responsibility of, you know, this particular job um, is to not dehumanize the athletes that we're talking about. And I think that we as a, as a society or as a business have to be more mindful of that going forward. When we talk about players as expiring contracts or movable assets, like those are things that dehumanize them to, to the fans. And there's already this huge disconnect between you know, players and fans, I think, because, you know, the people at home look at these, these the professionals as, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're living out their dream and they're getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game and they're spoiled and they're pampered and whatnot. And then, oh, see, this guy's making that much money compared to what his, you know, his average is or what his OPS plus is or what his, you know, Babbitt is or whatever metric you want to throw out there those are all things that dehumanize them. And so I'm very cognizant of that when I'm out there on set, making sure that we don't lose sight of the humanity side of, of, you know, the game that we're covering. I'm not sure if I answered your question, Jody. You did. And I think you uh, do pull it off. Uh, at least uh, Millar has. And when you guys are going to be joined together, they do, he does a great job of humanizing it. I'm glad that you're looking to continue in that same exact vein. All right. About the on-field stuff that we've seen through the first four days, um, the Berrios Burns showdown last night, both holding oh. down no hitters until the second half of the game. Uh, I was sitting at home watching while uh, my daughter and wife were sitting in Citizens Bank Park as uh, Mr. Wheeler was going through the Braves like a knife through hot butter yesterday. We've seen some uh, Jake Arrieta, the ex-Philly, now goes back, puts yeah. back on a Cubs uniform, and he looks like a Cy Young again, at least for his first outing. We've seen some really outstanding pitching performances the last four games. My recollection is that usually – Pitching needs to catch up to hitting the first couple of weeks of the season, not the other way around. And I think the pitching has been more dominant. Agree or disagree? And if so, why do you think that's the case? I agree, and that's a that's a great point. I do think that the the majority of position players probably feel that spring training is a touch too long. 
um, especially on the heels of 2020, right, where it was the spring training, then they had the shutdown, and then summer camp or spring training 2.0, where it really was just a couple of weeks, and then they were off and running and had to go. And uh, I, I think that, you know, this year, you know, quote-unquote regular or normal spring training, a lot of hitters got to the point where it was like, okay, we just we just need things to start. And so maybe there is that mental lull that like, okay, wow, I, all right, I was kind of over spring training, but now it's the season starting. We got to go. Uh, you know, we're not seeing, you know, backfield arms anymore. Now we're seeing, you know, front of the rotation stuff. And so there's those are hard left turns for – anybody to make, including those who are at the best of their craft. So I think that plays into it, one. And then, two, there was that relatively smooth runway for the pitchers to get ramped up and built up uh, to start the year. So I think those are the two combinations, uh, the two things that combine, in my mind, to back up the point of, wow, we're seeing pitching heavier uh, performances skewed toward the pitching side to start the year. Stephen Nelson from the MLB Network, new host of Intentional Talk, I guest here on CBS Sports Radio. I got no problems asking this question because Kevin Millar wouldn't be afraid to tackle this issue because he doesn't seem to be afraid of anything. Uh, so you're probably going to have to do it with him in these upcoming weeks, certainly uh, leading up to the All-Star Game. MLB made the decision this week to move the All-Star Game out of the uh, state of Georgia because of the voter reform bill that was passed there this week. Uh, They're taking a strong step and a bold step. I give them credit for that. But I'm not a fan of mixing politics and sports. Baseball decided to do that this week, just like I uh, thought that President Trump was way outspoken about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling. Uh, Separation of church and state works for me. Separation of sports and state works for me, too. Did Mm. baseball do the right thing, in your opinion? I do. I do believe that. And here's the thing, to to your point, where where I would disagree with you, Jody, respectfully, of course. Sure is that the mixing of sports and politics, quote, I put that second word in quotes, has just been a part of the world for centuries, to be frank, going back to the dawn of the Olympics. But even if just we want to look through the lens of American sports history, you, you can't separate the two. Um, to do so would be revisionist, I think, in a lot of ways. I think, uh, you know, look, the – the man, the legend, the icon that Major League Baseball planned to honor in Atlanta and will still Atlanta wherever or still honor wherever the game is held is Hank Aaron. And he, like Jackie Robinson or any black baseball player in that era, I'm sure they would have loved to have things separate to be able to just focus on playing their sport. They didn't have that luxury. And that's the fact of the matter. Um, You know, listening to the words of Mr. Aaron and what he went through on pursuit of the home run crown, it's it's startling, right? So I think um, it's idealistic to kind of have that mindset, like, oh, I I just want to keep my sports separate of politics. Like, I just... There's so much bad news going on in the world. Like, this is supposed to be my escape. Well, the fact is that there are a lot of people in our country of, in different communities of different colors and creeds who 
feel underrepresented, who feel marginalized, they don't have the luxury of escaping the bad news that we see every day because they're living it. So they can't just eject from that their situations, their lives and their experiences and just run to watch a baseball game for a few hours because they're not able to do that. So that's how I, I, I view this. Um, I know that the criticism of this move um, is twofold here. And again, this, the reason why I'm at, taking so long to answer is because this really is a nuanced and layered conversation. And, and we need a lot of time to have it. You know, the pushback is, well, I can't believe people, you know, it's, uh, it's about ID cards. It's a 98-page law and bill. They didn't write 98 pages about identification, plastic cards. So let's kind of get, get rid of that. Like I right. started reading it. I haven't gotten through all 98 pages. But unless people have read all 98, I, I really don't want to see, you know, insert name with 11 numbers on Twitter in my mentions about Major League Baseball or VMLB, as a lot of these critics are calling it, because, uh, again, they don't care about Major League Baseball. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be calling it VMLB. Um, that's what they're saying. That's, um, you know, one part uh, of the equation. Um, so, anyway, Joe, I, I think it's um, – oh, yeah, sorry, to, to, to button up. The, the other criticism is the impact that it will have on the communities in Georgia, the, the employees, uh, the businesses that it would benefit. Um, but the – Major League Baseball's decision was not the action. It was a reaction to the action. And that was the legislators down there uh, choosing to play politics with people's lives. And um, this is the consequence of that action. So, Agreed. But you know, the, a, re- a reaction is an action. It, 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 it comes from an action, but then it's an action unto itself. And I do think the fans sure. of Atlanta are being hurt. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's it's a bummer for them. And it's, and it's a shame that their constituents or, excuse me, their uh, elected officials um, messed around with with uh, with their livelihoods like that. So that. That's how I view it personally. Uh, but again, I think the, the view of the league um, in making this decision was that it was, you know, to support the voting rights for everybody. And. Anything or anybody who gets in the way of that, um, again, there's going to be repercussions for it. So that's the decision. And I, I'm very um, – I think we're all waiting to see what happens next with the 2021 All-Star Game. Um, there have been a lot of ideas thrown out there on the media, the social that I know you and I have both seen. And, um, you know, different ways that they could, again, still honor Hank Aaron and – um, have a great weekend in, in, in celebrating the All Stars of the game, but yeah, it is, there's no question it's a it's a bummer for uh, the people of Georgia and uh, those in and around Atlanta, because of course Truist Park is not in Atlanta proper. Right, um, and I know that was a heavy topic, and I feel bad that I'm going to have to end on a heavy topic as well. Uh, one of the things my daughter told me when working with you at the MLB Network is, and oh by the way, Stephen Nelson can dress. Now, the dress code on IT is a little bit more relaxed than when you're working your former studio shows when you could show up a little of your sartorial splendor. What can we expect from you from a wardrobe standpoint on Intentional Talk? 
I got to I got to Venmo Maddie for all the nice things she said about me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say that anybody who's watched me on the the quote unquote nice attire shows in the network, they know that I don't wear dress shoes because I hate them. They're just not comfortable when you got to stand and walk around for two, three hours. So IT is, is more my speed. I think, look, we're talking. Are you wearing a suit and tie right now, Jody Mac? Absolutely not. I'm broadcasting Absolutely from my not. basement. <laughs> and, but also, we're talking about sports and sports that we love. We're not, uh, you know, uh, talking about anything too seriously here. And so I think our, our, our attires can reflect that. Let's just kick back, uh, watch baseball together, talk baseball together as we would with our friends and family, um, you know, at home or at the local establishment. So I think uh, I, I'm good with that. I, I'm fine not having to tie a tie for a little bit here. Stephen, I will be watching. Maybe a foot and a half from where I'm sitting right now on my couch in front of my big screen TV or in a Major League Baseball uh, clubhouse if we ever get back in there this year because we're doing a good job of beating back the curb. Uh, Congratulations on the new gig. I do think you and Millar are going to work well together. Uh, I will be watching this season. Thanks for hopping on with us. I'll give you a buzz in a couple of months. Jody, you're the best. Thank you, as always, for uh, taking some time or wasting some time on your show to have me on. Uh, anytime you want to do that, I'm, I'm game. Thank no you. wasted time, my friend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.